0: Today, we discuss the identity of the rider on the white horse here on The Last Things Podcast. It's your boy, Damien coming to you with another episode of The Last Things Podcast, where we are on a journey to truth. Man, I just wanted to, before we even start the episode, I want to take this opportunity to thank everybody for all your prayers, your support, the encouraging words. Thank you for everything. I truly appreciate it, guys, because if it's not for you, this podcast would not be where it is. So guys, I just want to tell you, tell you. Thank you so much for everything that you've done for me. I I can't thank everybody, but everybody individually, but I can thank everyone as a collective. And I just want to tell everybody, thank you so much for everything, all your support, just everything that you've done, prayers, support, encouraging words, advice, whatever it may be, you've all encouraged me in in some capacity. And I just want to tell you, thank you so much. And I love and appreciate every last one of you guys so with that being said guys we got us a banger a true banger of an episode today last week we covered we finished off revelation chapter five where we talked about uh john was weeping in heaven because nobody was worthy to open the scroll and loose the seals thereof one of the elders tells him weep not the, the lamb, the lamb of God has overcome. And then Jesus shows up. and He takes the scroll out of the right hand of God. And everybody, excuse me, everybody begins to praise the Lord for what he has done, what he has accomplished. So with that being said, now Jesus has the scroll in his hand. And now today we get to see the first Four seals that he opens up. So we're gonna read we're gonna be in Revelation chapter six, verse one. And this is what we're gonna do. We're gonna read the first four seals, but the first seal is the one that we're gonna focus on today. Okay. So if you have your Bibles, Revelation chapter six, verse one, this is what it says. And of course, I'm reading this out of the New Living Translation. So uh, this is what it says. As I watched the lamb broke the first of the seven seals on the scroll. Then one of the four living creatures came out with a voice that sounded like thunder, come. I looked up and I saw a white horse. Its rider carried a bow and a crown was placed on his head. He rode out to win many battles and gain the victory. When the lamb broke the second seal, I heard the second living being say, Come. And another horse appeared, a red one. Its rider was given a mighty sword and the authority to move peace from the earth. And there was war and slaughter everywhere. Verse five, when the lamb broke the third seal, I heard the third living being say, come. And I looked up and saw a black horse and its rider was holding a pair of scales in his hand. And a voice from among the four living beings said, a loaf of wheat bread or three loaves of barley for a day's pay, and don't waste the olive oil and wine. Verse seven, and when the lamb broke the fourth fourth seal, I'm sorry, I heard the fourth living being say, come, and I looked up and I saw a horse whose whose color was pale green like a corpse and death was the name of its rider who was followed around by the grave. they were given authority over one-fourth of the earth to kill with the sword and famine and disease and wild animals wow so guys you know in in society everybody there are a couple of things things. when we hear end times Everybody always talks to me. Everybody always associates it with the four horsemen. They are all. They have been prevalent through entertainment, through TV shows, through books, and they have been everywhere. Here is where they are. Right here in Revelation chapter six. So for those of you who wonder, what's the deal with these four horsemen? Where, why, where have they? Why is it that we always? Uh, Take the four horsemen and uh, connect it with the end time. This is why right here, Revelation chapter 6, the first four seals that Jesus broke, each one represented a horseman. Now, today, we're going to look at, even though I just read, read the, uh, the first four seals, we're not going to cover those three seals for a minute. It's this white one that we, gotta, that, that we got to talk about, this white one. He, he's the one that we're going to be discussing for a minute because I'm trying to beat around a bush. I'm not trying to tell you his identity. But one thing I can tell you, you know what? Let's look at him again. Let's let's go back. Verse two. Remember Revelation chapter six. I looked up and saw a white horse. Its rider carried a bow and a crown was placed on his head. He rode out to win many battles and gained the victory. Let's read it in the King James. This is what King James said. And I saw him behold a white horse and he that sat on, the, on him had a bow and a crown was given unto him. And he went forth conquering and to conquer. This horse had this horse. The rider on this horseman will gain many victories, many victories. So with that being said, let's discuss one thing right off the bat. We see rider on a white horse for some particular reason. I don't know why, but people think this rider on this white horse is Jesus. Why? I don't know. I'm going to give you four reasons right off the bat why this is not Jesus Christ, starting with the first one, which is the blaring reason, which I don't understand how you can skip this. But look at verse one. What does it say? And, and as I watched, the lamb broke the first of the seven seals on the scroll. What did John just say? He said the lamb and like I said, remember in last episode, when you saw lamb, it was what? It was capitalized. It's capitalized right here again. When we saw lamb capitalized in Revelation chapter 5, who was that talking about? It was talking about Jesus. And now John just said the lamb broke the first seal. And lamb is capitalized again. So who is this talking about? Jesus is the one. So number one. The first reason why it's this rider on a white horse is not Jesus, because Jesus is the one letting them loose. Jesus is the one opening the seal. How can it be Jesus when Jesus is the one opening the seal in the first place? Now, can he be two places at once? Absolutely, he can. But I have an issue with with, with this right here. How can this be Jesus when Jesus is the one opening the seal? Which leads me to point number two. Jesus is the one who releases him. Hmm. Who has the authority to release Jesus in heaven? Nobody but God himself. So who would, why would Jesus, because if he's released by opening the seal, that means he was bound, right? So why would Jesus be bound in heaven? Hmm. That doesn't make sense. What did God say? Sit at my right hand until I bring your enemies up under your feet. So if he's sitting at the right hand of God, why would now? That's what Paul said, right? So why in Revelation would we see, oh, we're going to open up this seal and Jesus is going to be let loose on the earth? No, that's not right. no, 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 no. We can't have that. No. That should be slander, if anything. No, this is not Jesus. And I heard somebody say, if this was Christ, he's in bad company because these other three horsemen. <laughs> uh uh-uh, uh, that ain't working. So, no, this is not Jesus. One, it's not Jesus because Jesus is opening the seal. Two, because Jesus is bound up, that would mean Jesus is bound. So, no, this can't be it. Now, Number three, I want you guys to really pay attention to something. I want you to pay attention to something. Let me put my notes in front of me. Let's look at verse three. What does verse three say? Verse three says this. I looked up and saw a white horse. Its rider carried a bow. This rider has a bow. What's Jesus' primary weapon? A sword in his mouth, not a bow. This is not Jesus because this rider has a bow and it has no arrows. When we hear a bow, we're like, okay, where are the arrows? Ain't no arrows here. And two, like I said, Jesus' main weapon is a sword, not a bow. So this is not Jesus. This ain't Jesus at all. So, and number four, the fourth reason why I say this is not Jesus, remember when I said, Jesus is the one opening the seal who could bind up Jesus in heaven. If you look, it's the four living creatures that say come. So they're summoning the horsemen after Jesus breaks the seal. Do these four living creatures have the power to summon Jesus like come and he come? No, no, he doesn't. Nobody has more authority in, in heaven more than Jesus, but the father himself. So, these four living creatures can't pronounce, oh, come, and he's going to come. No, no, that's not, that's not right. So, no, this is not Jesus. And I just gave you four reasons why it's not Jesus. And if you really want to go, let me give you the fifth one why. Because Jesus is Jesus. Fifth reason why. Notice, when this white, white, white horseman, when the rider on this white horseman goes, Do you see the church coming with him? What what does the Bible say? When Jesus comes back to earth, everybody comes down with him. Is anybody coming down with this horseman? No. Jesus returns in Revelation chapter 19. And he comes with, with his angels, with the church. He comes back down with us. Here, ain't nobody coming with him. Nobody's coming with him. This is not Jesus guys. this is not Jesus and for some reason people people keep people say that this is Jesus, this is not Jesus. I've, I've heard some people say, oh well this is the gospel problem. Why is the gospel again back to the original one of the original problems. why is the gospel bound up in heaven? Hmm? That's no, 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 no. And I'm going to prove, and I'm going to share a scripture with you that's going to make you realize why this is not the gospel and why this is not Jesus. Now, I want you to look at it. Speaking of scripture, I want you to look at 2 Corinthians. I wrote it down. Uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 14. This is something I really want to. Well, you know what? Let me look at John. I'm sorry. Before we do that, let's look at John. Let's look at John chapter five, verse 43. It should be written in red. This should be coming out of, you, y'all should know by now, I don't like to butcher the word of God. So let's look, let's, let's pull this up real quick. John chapter five. Yep, I just want to be sure. If you got your Bible, it's written in red because I'm looking at it on the computer but I have my Bible right here. But this particular scripture is written in red. This, which means this is Jesus talking. Listen to what he says. Verse John chapter five, verse 43. For I have come to you in my father's name and you have rejected me. Yet if others come in their own name, you will gladly welcome them. King James says it, King James says it this way. Let me read in King James so we can really see. I want to show you something. John chapter 5, verse 43 in King James. I am come in my Father's name, and ye receive me not. If another shall come in his own name, him ye will receive. Jesus said, Y'all rejected me because in the Bible, Jesus was having a conversation with somebody and he told them, Hey, if you have the faith enough to believe, John the Baptist is Elisha in the spirit. So, if Israel hadn't, if Jesus had not been rejected then, the end times would have happened all those years ago. But because they rejected him, that's why it never took place. That's why Jesus said, You won't receive me, but somebody's going to come in their own name, and him you will receive. Now, there's another scripture I want you to look at Matthew chapter 24. Matthew 24, and let's Look at verse 24. This is what it says. For false messiahs and false prophets will rise up and perform great signs and wonders so as to deceive, if possible, even God's chosen people. Jesus saying in the last days, false, te- false, false prophets, false messiahs will rise up. And their teaching is going to be so good that the elect will be fooled. They'll think it's right when, in fact, it's not right. But because they're they're so good, they'll believe it. So I'm saying that to say this. Let's look at if you're still in Matthew 24, I hope. I want you to scroll up to verse 5. verse 4 let's let's start there jesus told them don't let anyone mislead you for many will come in my name claiming i am the messiah they will deceive many and you will hear wars Hear of wars and threats of wars, but don't panic. Yes, these things must take place, but the end won't follow immediately. Nation will go to war against nation, kingdom against kingdom. There will be famines and earthquakes in many parts of the world. But all of this is only the first of the birth pains, which is more to come. Now, I want you to look at verse five. What did he say? For many will come in my name claiming I am the Messiah. They will deceive many and you will hear wars, hear of wars and threats of wars. Now, if you keep reading it in the King James, Jesus is giving the identity of each of the four horsemen in the exact order that you see it in Revelation chapter six. What did he just say that first one was? He said, they'll come in my name, claiming I am the Messiah. They will deceive many. What you say, Jesus. So I'm beating around the bush, but now beating around the bush is over. In the last episode, I said, we're going to talk about the antagonist of Revelation chapter 5, because he would be the co-star of this. We are here, ladies and gentlemen. With the white horseman, better known to us as the Antichrist, this is the Antichrist, guys. This is not Jesus. This is not. This is the Antichrist. So we will be here for uh, maybe a good little minute discussing the Antichrist, the one, the biggest, the second biggest player in all of this. Because the first, the first player is Jesus revelation is called the uh, uh Apocalypse, i think i think that's what they called it in the greek it's another name but it's basically meaning the unveiling of jesus christ that's what this is the unveiling this is all about christ but who else is this about this is also about the antichrist because he is large and in charge during Reve- during revelation so we're here with the antichrist that's who this first horseman is this rider on the white horse carrying a bow. It's the Antichrist. Now, I know what y'all are gonna say. What's the symbol of the bow? Honestly, I really don't know. I I have seen some people say it's 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 something to do with Nimrod, uh um, Nimrod back in the old testament. Then I've seen some people say in the it talked about in the symbol in the uh in the Old Testament, God was using it as a symbol for a covenant, which we really don't know. This is one of those things where we just don't know. We we just speculate. But I can tell you this, this much I can tell you. He's carrying a bow, not a sword. That's your clue right there to tell you. Excuse me. That's your clue right there to tell you this is not Jesus. OK, so this right here, ladies and gentlemen. This is the Antichrist. So let's look at. His first mention, where is he first mentioned in the Bible? He, the man himself, because in John, John, in fact, John is the only one who referred to him as the Antichrist. But when you hear Antichrist, normally, we're gonna come back to that. I'm gonna come back to it. Let's look at where he, the man himself, is first mentioned. To do that, we need to go all the way back to Genesis chapter 3. So look at Genesis chapter 3. I'm going to paraphrase it. You go back and read in your study time. But this is what Genesis chapter 3. We're going to scroll down to verse 15. But let me give you a context as to what's going on. Adam just ate the fruit. Their eyes are open. They're hiding. God is walking through the garden saying, Adam, where are you? He said, here I am. I'm naked. God says, who told you you were naked? And he says, did you eat from that tree? I told you not to eat. Well, Adam says, well, this woman you gave me told me to. So he asked Eve, Eve, what did you do? Eve says it was the serpent. God turns and pronounces judgment on a serpent, where he'll, Uh, crawl on the belly for all the days of his life now i want you to pay attention to something verse 15 here we are this is what he said this is god verse 14 how do we know then the lord god said to the serpent verse 14 Because you have done this, you are cursed more than all animals, domestic and wild. You will crawl on your body, on your belly, I'm sorry, groveling in the dust as long as you live. Verse 15 is what we need. And I will cause hostility between you and the woman and between your offspring and her offspring. He will strike your head and you will strike his heel. What did God just say? He said, I caused a hostility between your seed. He was talking to the serpent. Your seed and the woman's seed. Who's the woman's seed? The woman's seed is Jesus Christ. Look what he said. He will strike your head and you will strike his heel. He told him, yeah, you might hurt him, but he's going to crush you. King James says this way. You'll bruise his heel, but he'll crush your head. So the woman's seed is Jesus. Who's the serpent seed? The Antichrist. This is where we first hear of him, right here in Genesis chapter three, verse fifteen. Way in the beginning, God said the serpent will have a seed. This is the Antichrist. How do we know that? Because later on in Revelation, I think I think it's in Revelation chapter twelve, Satan is called what? That old serpent, the fiery red dragon, that old serpent, Satan, right? And here, here, we, here he is again, we see the serpent. So the serp, the seed of the serpent is the Antichrist. This is where he is first mentioned, guys. Now, we call him the Antichrist because that's, that's what we've done. But he goes by many names in the Bible of the man of sin, the little horn, the beast out of the sea. The beast out of the sea released, uh, relates to Revelation 13. And we'll get to that later on the lawless one the prince that shall come the man of sin that name comes from second Thessalonians chapter 3 verse 10 you can read it in your study time the little horn speaks comes from Daniel chapter 7 verse 8 the beast out of the sea remember i just said revelation 13 the lawless one, which is 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 8 through 10. And the prince that shall come, Daniel chapter 9, verse 26. Now, the name Antichrist is actually two words put together as one in the Greek, anti and Christos. Those are the two words. We put them together as Antichrist. Now, a similar term would be pseudo Christos, which means a false Christ. Now, The word itself is only used in John, but when John was using it, he was talking about people. He was talking about they were antichrists, not the man himself. Now, people need to understand that, oh man, I just went blank for a minute. Okay, here it is. People need to understand, the Bible says that the spirit of the antichrist, I believe that's in John, the spirit of the antichrist had been loose on the earth already. His spirit had been Roman for years, but John says he's Roman. But that's what John was talking about. His spirit is Roman. Now, the man, the Antichrist himself in Revelation chapter six is here. He's here. Now, I want the earliest name that I found where the name Antichrist came from is from a man named Irenaeus, I-R-E-N-A-E-U-S. He wrote this book called um, Against Heresies. I think that's the name of it. I think that's the name. But he's the earliest person who called him the Antichrist. He's the first one. So that's where the name Antichrist, that's why they started calling him the Antichrist because of this man, Irenaeus. So it just caught on, caught on, caught on. And that's what we've been doing. And we've stuck with that name through all these years of the Antichrist. Now, I want to share an opinion of mine. This is an opinion. Um, You know... Uh, a couple of months ago, I was watching YouTube, and there's a video of a young man who said he died and went to hell, right? The, he said two things that really stuck out to me. This is way, but uh, he said two things that stuck out to me. He said the red horse, which, of course, we know is a horseman of war, right? We just read it. He said the red horse was in Russia. Now, I want you guys to understand, I ran across that months before this whole Russia, Ukraine thing that's going on right now. So he said that horseman was in Russia and now look at what Russia's doing. Why am I talking about that? He said this, the white horseman was in Rome right now. That's what he said. If what he said is true, about the red horse, which we see it because we see what Russia's doing. Y'all, y'all better start getting ready because if what he said came true, what's to say that that white horseman is not here now? I, I've said this for years. I firmly believe that the Antichrist is alive and on earth right now. I believe that with all my heart, he is alive right now. He's not going to just poof, appear out of nowhere when people think that. No, he has to be born, he has to be educated, he has to uh, attain certain skills. One skill that I believe he'll have is he's gonna be an influential speaker. He's gonna be a speaker. You talk about a car salesman? You know, you can get some car sales, Elder John, if you watch this video, I'm not talking about you, I'm just making an example, okay? You know how it is with with, um, with a car salesman, when they can sell you a car, this guy's vocabulary is going to be so good, he's going to put a car salesman to shame. That's how he's going to speak, okay? His, his vocabulary is going to be so beautiful. Why am I saying that? Because remember, the Bible said that Satan was created... He, he was he was full of himself because of his beauty. So of course, his man, the Antichrist, is going to have that same beauty. His his how he speaks. His he could go up here and 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 say a speech, and people will love him. People will appreciate. That's how he's going to be. He's going to be that way. Now, do I believe he's on the earth right now? Yes, I do. Now. I shared this with a friend of mine. Um, We know Jesus came because the Holy Spirit is the one who impregnated Mary, right? How would the Antichrist get here? What's up, guys? We're going to try this again. Um, If I time this right, I should be a... um, I'm not exactly sure why I'm interrupting it. Okay, let's just say that. I cut out a piece of the uh, episode because I messed up something that I need to take it out. So I'm just going to take the whole piece out and I'm going to give you uh, the point that I was trying to make. Um, This is an opinion, an opinion, guys. This is an opinion. You got to figure this out yourself. Um, I was going to discuss how the Antichrist would get here to would get here because I, be, I believe he's already alive now, but how did he get here? Let's say that we know that, um, when it came to Jesus, um, the Holy spirit was the one who impregnated Mary. That's how Jesus got here. So how do I think the antichrist would have gotten here? Cause he's not going to, uh, cause he's not going to just poof appear out of nowhere. Right. So, I got a couple of scriptures that I want to show you to back up an opinion that I have, and it's again, this is my opinion. You can uh, go however you want to. Okay, so first one, I want you to look at Genesis chapter three. No, no, I'm sorry, wrong chapter. Genesis chapter six. I'm sorry. Genesis chapter six. Let's look at verse two, right? No, let's look at verse one, Genesis chapter six, verse one. This is what it says. Then the people began to multiply on the earth and daughters were born to them. Verse two, the sons of God saw the beautiful women and took any, took any they wanted as their wives. Now, basically the Bible says that the sons of God, which we know as angels came and had relations with the women on the earth. That's how we got Nephilim uh, on the earth. What a Nephilim. Nephilim is um, described as fallen ones or giants. That's how we got the giants on the earth, right? They came from the relations that the angels had with the women. So now that we got that part, I want to remember Job. Uh, the Bible says God was sitting on his throne. All of a sudden, Satan comes up. God says, what are you doing here? Satan says, well, I was walking to and fro, seeking who I might devour. So God tells him, have you tried my servant Job? Satan says, yeah, I tried to get to him, but you had a hedge of protection around it. So God began to, but so God lowered the hedge of protection. You see how Satan has to answer to God? A lot of people think Satan can just free to do whatever he wants to do. No, Satan is a created being, just like we're created beings. Just as we have to answer to God, Satan himself has to answer to God. He is not free to do whatever he wants to do. He has to get permission from God, okay? So we see that where Satan said, I'm walking to and fro, seeking who I may devour. Now, there's a scripture in Hebrews chapter 13, verse two. This is what it says. Don't forget to show hospitality to strangers. For some who have done this have entertained angels without realizing it. The Hebrew writer said, that stranger that you're talking to or that stranger who you might've gave some water to or gave some money to, that could have been an angel. And you'll never know it. We entertain angels unaware. So having said that, we see angels came down fallen angels, they came to have sex with they had relations with the women, with the daughters right We know they're fallen angels because of what Peter said. Second Peter chapter two verse four for if God did not spare angels when they sinned but cast them into hell and committed them to pits of darkness reserved for judgment and then verse five says this, and did not spare the ancient world but preserved noah a preacher of righteousness with seven others when he bought a flood upon the whole world upon the world of the ungodly peter said they're fallen angels so and them doing what they were doing coming down having relations with the uh daughters with the women is one of the reasons why god flooded the earth so we see that we see satan said he walks to and fro, seeking who he may devour, right? And we see in Hebrews where the Hebrew writer said, we entertain angels unaware. It is not, in my opinion, it's not far-fetched to believe that Satan himself would have relations with a woman to bring the Antichrist here. It's not too far-fetched to believe. we've We've seen angels doing it. We've seen, we see where we're entertaining angels unaware. That's very possible. That again, that's just my opinion of what I believe. I believe that that has happened. You just, as you could be entertaining angels unaware, you could be entertaining Satan unaware too. And have no clue what you, no clue, none at all. So that's just, again, that's an opinion that I have. I believe that, and then, it's, and then you look at it. In order for Satan to do it, he would have to what? Commit a sin against God because it would be what? Adultery. So I could see Satan committing a sin to bring the Antichrist here on earth. I could see him doing it. Absolutely, I can. And we see in scripture, Satan said he walked to and fro, seeking who he made devour. If he was doing it in Job, don't you think he's still doing it now? And we see what a Hebrew writer said, we entertain angels unaware. It is not hard to believe. Not only Satan walking the earth, but it's not a far-fetched idea to believe he will find some woman to have relations with. To bring the Antichrist here. So that's all I wanted to say. I just wanted to bring that point in, but I kind of messed up something in it. So I said, man, I'm going to have to go ahead and edit this thing again. But guys, I love you. Let's continue on with the rest of the episode. Be blessed. But I am saying, I do believe he walks the earth and I do believe he will end up doing just like the fallen angels did. Find a woman to have sex with her and produce that seed. That's just my opinion. It's not in scripture. That's just what I believe. Why would I say that? Because remember, adultery—you don't sleep. You don't sleep outside of your marriage, right? Sex outside of marriage is is adultery, right? Can't you see Satan committing a sin to get his seed here? I could see it. It's not too far off to believe. It's not too far off to believe that. Again, that's just my opinion that I'm sharing, and uh, you know, and these are the scriptures that I've looked at to kind of. Support what I believe again. That's just me. You have to look, you have to decide for yourself if that's something that you want that you would believe yourself. But that's just what I believe. I you know what? There was a movie years ago called Devil. I don't know if you guys remember. It. Excuse me, it was a movie called Devil, and it was about these people that got stuck in the elevator. One of them turned out to be Satan. And it turned out, and you know who it turned to be? this little old lady that they thought had died and did and it turned out to be satan that so it's not too far-fetched to believe i'm I'm just saying that's a movie but because of scripture satan says he walks to and fro seeking the bible says satan walks to and fro seeking whom he may devour we've seen his fallen angels how do we know they are fallen angels because there's a People who don't think they're fallen angels. Um, I had a friend who um, who helped me with that with with that scripture. So, Carter, I don't know if you're listening, but thank you, my brother. I sure appreciate you, man, because you really helped me with that. Second Peter chapter two verse four says, "For if God did not spare angels when they sinned, but cast them into hell and committed them to pits of darkness reserved for judgment." Verse 5 says this, and did not spare the ancient world, but preserved Noah, a preacher of righteousness with seven others, when he bought a flood upon the world of the ungodly. Now, did you see verse 5? So, if it's in order, verse 4, what was verse 4 talking about? Those fallen angels. Those fallen angels that were having sex with the women. That's what verse 4 speaks of. So, the fallen angels, they had sex with the women that produced Nephilim. Satan says he walks to and fro, seeking whom he may devour. Hebrew writer says you entertain angels unaware. It's not for me. I, that's just what I believe. I believe that Satan will do that, will impregnate somebody to produce his seed. And in the process of it, committing a sin as well, because it's adultery. So that's, just again, that's just my opinion, guys. You have to, you know, you try for yourself, but hey, I'm just sharing with you an opinion. So, but anyway, guys, that's really it for this particular section. We're going to be here with the Antichrist for a good little minute, guys. We're going to be here for a minute. So, but before we do that, Before we end this uh, episode, again, as I always say, we want to offer Christ to you because with all of this that's going on, it is so prevalent to make make your salvation and election sure. I can't stress that enough, guys, because we see things are getting so out of hand, but I want to tell you: don't come to Christ believing your problems are going to get better, because there's a there's a, a strong possibility they might not get better. In fact, I can guarantee you they're going to probably get a whole lot worse. But make your election, make your salvation an election. Sure, it's like when Moses, when he came down from the mountaintop, he said, "Who on the Lord's side come over here? Whoever not on the Lord's side, stay over there." Everybody came on the Lord's side who were for God came on one side of the line. Those who weren't came on the other side. Once everybody made their decision, the Bible says they were told, kill them. And that's exactly what they did. So with all of this that's going on with the with the with the um everything in the world, especially with this Russia and Ukraine, situation that's going on, guys, it is so important to make your salvation and election sure. You want to be sure that if you die. My pastor used to say this: If you die in the next thirty seconds, where would you go? Could you honestly say you're gonna go? You you're gonna spend You're gonna spend eternity with the Father, or would you be like that young man that died? Died and went to hell, man. I, I'm gonna try to find that video because man, he was in, he was just. I mean, just him talking about it, he was just so scared of everything that he saw. And man, I, my heart goes out to him, but he going to testify, boy, God's got something in store for him. There's a reason why God let him see what he saw. I don't believe, I also believe to save a soul, but I believe he going to save other young people's soul as well. So let's do this, guys. Just bow your heads with me. Close your eyes. So let's just say uh, quick say this prayer. Say, Lord Jesus, I confess that I am a sinner in need of a savior come into my heart, make me, shape me, mold me into the person who you've called me to be. I lay down my life for you. My life is now in your hands. I submit to you in the name of Lord Jesus I pray and thank you, amen. We're gonna, we believe that if you pray that simple little prayer, your salvation is now secure. You are transferred over from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of light. And we believe that if you die today in the next 30 seconds or tomorrow, or if the rapture takes place, you're going to spend eternity with the father himself. Amen. So guys, I love you. We're going to be here with the Antichrist for a couple of weeks. Now, next week's episode, I know a lot of y'all asking this question. Okay. Okay. We're talking about the Antichrist. You say he's on earth right now. Absolutely, I am. I be, I be, it's not scripture. I just believe that he is. This is just my opinion. I believe he is. He's got to be born. He's got to be educated. He has to grow up. He's got to do the things that we have to do as well, right? He's got to grow. So, but I believe that he is. Why am I saying that? Okay, well, if he's alive right now, why is he not taking control? Why is he not in charge right now? next week i'm gonna answer your question with with a uh i'm gonna answer your question next week i'm gonna simply say that i'm gonna simply say this remember a few weeks ago a, a while back when i talked about the restrainer i'm gonna introduce you to the restrainer the body i'm, I'm gonna introduce you to the restrainer how about that that's all i'm gonna say because if i say too much i'm gonna spoil next week's episode but next week we're going to talk about the restrainer as to why the Antichrist is not in. If he's alive right now, as I'm saying, why is he not in charge now? Next week, I'm going to introduce you to the restrainer. And I'm going, that's all I'm, I'm not going to say no more about it. I'm just going to say, I'm going to introduce you to the restrainer next week. So I love you guys. Thank you so much for your prayers, everything. I'm I, I'm telling you guys, I really thank y'all, man, because this podcast wouldn't be where it is today if it's not for the love and support of you guys. So if I hadn't said it recently, I'm telling you now, thank you so much for everything. I love you guys. You guys have a blessed week out there. Be safe out there. And I love you. And there's nothing, like somebody said, I love you and there's nothing you can do about it. So you guys be safe. Have a blessed week. And I'll see you back next week with another episode of Last Things Podcast. Be blessed.